Thank you for joining us for the Ravenswood Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Dustin Moore. We are a Bible-believing, grace-driven church located on the north side of Chicago. As a church, we are passionate about making disciples of all people for the glory of God. If you would like more information about our ministry, visit ravenswoodbaptist.org. Now, here's Pastor Dustin. I'd like to invite you to join me in Mark chapter 1 this morning. Mark 1, and I, and I really want to encourage you just to settle in. Keep your place in your seat there uh, for these next uh, 30 minutes or so. And uh, parents, if you can, I know children are up here today. Uh, if you need to step out in the lobby at any point, feel free to do that. really want to keep us strictly focused for these next few moments on the importance of, of the theme, the topic of the morning. I want you to, if you will, look with me at Mark chapter 1, verse 40. We're going to go through verse 45 this morning. Very, very uh, appropriate uh, appropriate text uh, for us. Mark chapter 1, verse 40, this is God's word. Would you follow along with me as I read? And there came a, a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt... Thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him. And saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And he saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest. And offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. There's no way that I could, that you and I could ever know everything that happened in the life and the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible does not give us everything according to John chapter 21. Uh, John had said in John 21 that the world could not even contain the books that could tell all that happened in the life and the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet here we are seeing an absolutely incredible story and every story of Scripture that we do have, tells us so much about who Jesus is. The story before us today, as we read, and you might have seen, is the story of Jesus and a leper. Now, Mark locates this story, this, these few verses for us, after Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law, we saw last week, after Jesus had healed many in Capernaum of their diseases, their infirmities, their demon possession. Christ's compassion, we saw last week, was great, overflowing, incredibly abundant to these hurting people. And after that moment, our text told us that Jesus had gone in, he had gone out, I should say, in the early morning hours to pray. Do you remember that? In verse 35 of chapter 1, we saw these words last week. And in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, Jesus, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And 
When they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Now I read that for a couple reasons. One, to remind you that Jesus had gone to pray. They came after him, telling him people are looking for him. Jesus says, I'm here for something, and I need to, I need to go do this. Now we're going, to be, we're going to be needing to remember that in a little bit, so hold on to it. What we see coming before us now is Jesus traveling through Galilee, and there in his travels through Galilee, he meets a leper. It's a good possibility that none of you have ever met somebody with leprosy. Good chance you never met a leper. But leprosy is a terrible disease. In the days of Scripture, there were surely, like there would be today, there would be a variety of skin disorders. But the word leprosy is derived from a Greek word, and that word is lepros, L-E-P-R-O-S. Lepros. Lepros just means scale. It speaks of the scaly appearance of a leper's skin. Today it might best be known as something that's been called Hansen's disease, which is a bacterial infection that disfigures a person's appearance, debilitates the nervous system, and eventually leads to death. Hansen's disease is believed to have originated, if it was the biblical uh, leprosy, it's believed to have been actually originated in the country of Egypt because some of the early traces of Hansen's disease are actually been found in mummies in Egypt. Which would explain to you and I why the children of Israel were aware of it when they came out of the wilderness and God gave them laws about how to handle leprosy. And you can find that in Leviticus chapter 13, actually. It won't take time for that today. But basically, to summarize, if it was believed someone had leprosy, they were to be examined by the priest. If after inspection, the condition seemed like more than a simple skin issue, the, the person was quarantined for seven days. If symptoms worsened, there was another week of isolation. And then... After 14 days, the person would be pronounced as either clean or unclean, all dependent on whether or not the rash had spread. Often, there was no need to wait for that 14-day window because it was apparent by the spongy, tumor-like swellings that had appeared on the face and the body of the person that they actually did have leprosy. The danger was that soon... The bacteria would become systemic and it would attack the internal organs, wearing down the person's immune system and opening them up to other diseases. On top of all of this, we now understand that leprosy causing significant pain and numbness also involves an incredibly foul odor, making the leper, and I'm trying to be, I want to be careful making the leper repulsive to the eyes, but also to the nose. In Leviticus 13, I told you about that text, verses 45 and 46 tell us that the leper was to quarantine themselves from society. Look at those two verses with me. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. And the days wherein the plague shall be in him, 
he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp. Shall, be his ha- shall his habitation be. He is to dwell alone and to be outside of society. Jewish literature, Talmudic literature, excuse me, the Talmud tells us that the mandatory space for a leper in those days, you won't be surprised by this, was six feet. A windy, blustery day, they kind of added to that and increased, increased the space between a leper, an unclean, and a clean was 150 feet. Now think about this with me for a moment. I think actually in, in our day right now, we, we have a small idea not of leprosy, but of, of how this kind of sickness was handled. The isolation meant that not only was the leper suffering physically, but now they would suffer socially in isolation from everyone but other lepers. Now with all that as an introduction, Look with me at three moments in this text. And we'll gain some proper context and then prayerfully some personal and collective application. Number one, I want you to see the request. The request. Look at verse 40 again. And as we do this, work hard to lay your eyes on every word. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, And saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now everything that I just told you by way of introduction, think about this with me. This is a real moment, a real leper, and the real living Jesus. The word here, what happens is the leper approaches Jesus who is not a leper, with all the stigma around leprosy, and everything that takes place here would be absolutely, totally shocking. The text says that this man came to Jesus beseeching. Really a fascinating word study here. It's not a word that you and I use very often. But beseeching comes from the, in the original language, the Greek word is perikaleo. Perikaleo, if you know your biblical Greek a little bit, is similar to the word for Holy Spirit. It's paraclete, to come alongside. Perikaleo is a different uh, part of that, which literally means to beseech is to call for someone from up close and personal. In our day, we would say it like this. The leper got in Jesus' personal space and begged him for help. I told you everything here is shocking, right? There's no six feet. There's no 150 feet. He gets up close and personal with Jesus and asks Jesus for help. And he says, he says, If you will, if if thou wilt, if you desire, you Jesus of Nazareth, you can make me clean. It's worth noting that the leper is not trying to be disrespectful. In fact, 
in parallel passages that tell the story. Matthew tells it. Luke tells about it. Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 8, in verses 1 and 2, notice a couple parts of this. When he was come down from the mountain, speaking of Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. There's a great crowd. A leper walks into that mid, the midst of that crowd. He worships Jesus, calling him Lord. Luke 5 tells us that when he, this man, when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So he is worshipful. He is respectful, referring to Jesus as Lord. But there's this crowd around. You can imagine, think of the scene for a moment. A leper walks into this great multitude, and people might have taken off running. And the, the leper worships Jesus. He falls on his face, and he pleads with him. And here's what he says. Once again, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you are able, Lord, you are able to make me clean. If only you desire. Imagine the horror in the crowd. Matthew had noted the multitude that was following Jesus. The leper walks up to Jesus and he kneels before him. Why? More than likely, he had heard about the power of this man. He had heard about Peter's mother-in-law. He had heard about the unclean spirit in the synagogue at Capernaum. He had heard about the people of Capernaum and all their diseases. This man had heard. And he comes to Jesus calling Jesus Lord, according to Matthew and Luke. Why? Now listen very carefully. This, the context of the scripture is so vitally important. Because in those days, the prevailing mindset was this. If you had a physical sickness, it was a punishment for sin. This leper had been rejected by men, and in his mind, because of his leprosy, which was probably from some kind of sin that he had committed, he's thinking, not only am I rejected by men, but I've been rejected by God. And so he comes to the one who is Lord over both the physical and material world, as well as the spiritual, and he says to the one who he, think, he thinks has rejected him, you can make me clean, and he pleads with Jesus. And in bold faith, in bold faith, he comes to the one who is able. Now, good observation of this would lead us to, to maybe consider what you might think is an obvious question, and I think it is, is are we paying attention to the urgency of this unclean leper? Are we, are we paying attention to this leper realizing that he's in a desperate situation? I don't know how many of us have ever been in a life and death health crisis, but in that day to have leprosy was in many cases quite possibly a death sentence. He's desperate. And he comes to the one who he knows can heal. So secondly, moving quickly, I want you to see the response here of Jesus. We thought of the context last week and the theme of compassion. We're not surprised by verse 41. And Jesus moved 
with compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him. And saith unto him, I will. I will be thou clean. I asked you last week regarding Peter's mother-in-law and Jesus kneeling down and lifting her up. I asked you if you'd ever seen a more beautiful scene. But maybe right now, maybe when you come to this text, maybe this is one of the most incredibly beautiful scenes in all of Scripture. Here is Jesus moved with compassion. By the way, that statement, moved with compassion, is used four times in the gospel regarding Jesus' disposition to people in great need. And in this moment, in this moment, I want you to think, how enraged would you be? How enraged would you be? If you were a parent and your children were in the multitude and a leper walks into that, how mad would you be? If you're a husband and your wife is nearby and here comes this leper, how furious would you be that this leper might have just given your whole family, your wife, everybody you love, leprosy? And he walks in to the middle of that and he begs and Jesus has compassion. Notice what Jesus does. He puts forth his hand and Jesus touches the leper. I mean, the leper has already gotten closer to Jesus than he should have, right? He's already up in his face and maybe grabbing his legs and being all too close to Jesus for anybody with leprosy. And Jesus touches him. Now I want you to think for a moment. We have no context. We don't know who the man is. We don't know how long he's had leprosy. But since this man has had leprosy, nobody has touched him. Nobody. And Jesus reaches out and touches him. Picture the crowd. Picture how you would be the utter shock. Jesus says to the man, I will. I want that. I desire you to be clean. Be thou clean. And in that moment, the clean touches the unclean. The pure touches the impure. The holy touches the profane. And verse 42 says, and as soon as he had spoken, Mark's, one of Mark's favorite words right there, immediately. The leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Immediately, instant, the touch, the words, the healing. And we have to step back and we say, why, why did Jesus touch this man? Why did he touch him? The text tells us that as soon as he had spoken, as soon as he had spoken, the man was healed, right? So why does Jesus touch him? This is so incredibly important to our view of humanity. Listen very carefully. And by the way, our view of the gospel. It's C.S. Lewis who in Mere Christianity says that nothing makes us more truly human than the gospel. The gospel makes us more human. So what is Jesus doing Jesus is saying to a man who has lost all dignity, I will touch you 
and I will restore your dignity. I'll restore your dignity. For who knows how long this man had, has, been, has been ill. He's, he's, he's by, for lack of a better way to say it, he's gross. He's unclean. He's defiled by sickness. Maybe his own wife and kids wouldn't look on him. His, his, the people that have loved him have not hugged him. And Jesus says, I'll touch you. I will touch you. And in touching you, I will restore your dignity and honor. Now listen, friends, very carefully. This is not just about leprosy. I want you to hear this. The sinful, fallen world takes away dignity. Sin robs us of dignity. But Jesus is in the business of restoring our humanity. The Christian gospel, as I said, makes us more fully human. And we are, we are made by Christ to be the humans God made us to be. And think for a moment. This man went from unclean, gross, defiled, to being a glorious sight to look on, all because of Jesus. No rehab, no recovery, instantly healed. Ready to go back to society. Maybe going back to a wife and kids, a mom, a dad, family members, friends. And maybe in that moment, here's our question we've been thinking about for the last few weeks. And we're going to keep talking about for the next couple months. Maybe in that moment, all the people in the multitude, all the disciples that were with Jesus, the four at least, and others that were around, maybe they looked around and said, what manner of man is this? What kind of a man does this? What kind of a Who is this man? Notice what Jesus says in verse 43. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, Say thou, see thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. First, listen very carefully. First, Jesus doesn't want this broadcast, but why? I want you to understand something very important. I told you, remember what we read at the beginning of the, the message. Why wouldn't Jesus want more people to know about this healing? I think the best answer I can give you is that Josephus, who is a Jewish historian from back at the time of Christ, Josephus reported that there are about 240 towns and villages in Galilee. 240. Right now, we're only aware of Jesus going to Capernaum. Jesus wanted to go, according to what we read in Mark 1, 38 and 39, he had told, the, told Simon, we're going to go to the towns and the villages because I've been, called, I've been sent here to minister and to preach the gospel to them. And the reason Jesus doesn't want this broadcasted is the moment it spreads, Jesus will now be unable to go to people who need him. And he asked this leper, don't tell anybody what happened. Don't tell anybody what happened. But I do want you to go to the priest, and I want you to show the priest why. That's the second part of this. The second part, why did Jesus want the priest to see this? Well, there's a couple reasons. First off, it's because Jesus wants the law of Moses fulfilled. So he tells this leper to go show himself to the priest, 
because there was a ritual that it involved, a ritual involved for the Jew that was laid out in Leviticus 14. I told you about Leviticus 13. Leviticus 14 tells us about the ritual. And you should read that if that interests you. But Jesus, Jesus wants this priest to go, this, um, this leper to go to the priest. And on top of that, that healing, the cleansing is going to be a testimony, Jesus says there, to the priests in the temple. They would be forced to see the reality of Christ's healing power. But here's what's important to note here. We're not going to spend much time. Jesus desires the law of Moses to be fulfilled. There's been a movement for whatever reason around Christianity. I want to be a pastor for just a moment who warns you against the idea that any, any Christian needs to, the language has been used, unhitch yourselves from the Old Testament. You might have heard that, maybe you haven't, but teachers who say, we need to unhitch, the, the Old Testament is, is it's too problematic, it, it gives us too many hard, it gives unbelievers too many hard things to understand, and it's been propagated by, by men like, uh, like Andy Stanley, pastoring down in the Atlanta area, men like that who have said, we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. The truth is, Jesus didn't unhitch himself from the Old Testament. He's not telling us to unhitch, he's telling us that Jesus has come for fulfillment, to fulfill the Old Testament. He never disregards the Old Testament. He detested the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and their addition to the Old Testament, but Jesus doesn't do away with the Old Testament. He fulfills it and upholds it. And we should too. Best way to think about it for you and I is, we should be whole Bible Christians. We're whole Bible Christians. We're not afraid of the Old Testament and more in love with the New. We are whole Bible Christians. Jesus says to this leper, go show yourself to the priest and fulfill the law of Moses. The third thing I want you to see is there's a reporting that happens. And we'll be quick here. Look at verse 45. But he went out, the leper, and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now, of course, you might be sitting there going, could you imagine? He's just ecstatic. He's been healed of leprosy. Of course he's going to tell everybody. But what did that cause? The text told us, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Listen, friends, enthusiasm is not the goal. Obedience is the goal. The man was enthusiastic as we would be, but he was also disobedient. And because of his disobedience, the people that were in other towns and other cities did not get the help they needed from Jesus. You might argue that this man's enthusiasm was a little bit selfish. It's a little bit selfish. And the truth is today, we can both rejoice with the leper, but also be aware that disobedience to the Lord's command is never to bring rejoicing. We rejoice in the healing we're saddened by the disobedience. The truth is, stopped much of the earthly ministry of Jesus 
from what was intended. So let's take a few moments here before we go to the Lord's table and let's give two quick applications from this story. Number one, number one, nobody is too unclean for Jesus. Nobody is too unclean for Jesus. This is not about leprosy. It's about defilement. It's about separation from God by our uncleanness. This is the truth. This man had been separated from society, separated from family, separated from friends, separated from co-workers, separated from his siblings and his spouse. He had been separated by all of that because of his uncleanness. And the story, though, is not just about leprosy. The story is about how our sin separates us from God. Sin has defiled every one of us. Sin has made us unbelievably unclean. We're spiritual lepers. We've been removed from the presence of God, not allowed to go into the camp, not allowed to have fellowship. That's the biblical view of sin and fellowship with God. And the truth is, for many, that might seem to be unsettling and frustrating and offensive, but this is the reality of the Christian gospel, is that since Adam and Eve's fall in the garden, man has had no other option but to cry out, unclean, unclean. But here's the fact of this. Listen very carefully. It is the very thing that disqualifies us from God's presence that is the very thing that qualifies us for Jesus. I want you to think about that. The very thing that disqualifies us from God's presence is the very thing that qualifies us for Jesus, our Savior. That's the gospel. Sin. Sin disqualified you. It kicked us out of the garden. It kicked us out of presence with God. But it is the sin that kicked us out of the garden that Jesus comes and says, if you're a sinner, I'm for you. I'm for you. It's our filth that brings us to Jesus, not our cleanliness. It's our sin that brings us to Jesus, not our righteousnesses. This is, this is where Christianity totally separates from religious mindsets. It's not your having it all together that qualifies you for Jesus. It's the fact that you're a mess that qualifies you for Jesus. And by the way, that matters in the church because we're not a bunch of people who figured out how to get it together. We're a bunch of lepers who've been healed. That's who we are. So when another leper comes in, we don't run. <laughs> we don't run. It's our leprosy that drives us to Jesus. And when you try to preach a gospel apart from the unclean reality of sin, then why would a leper ever go to Jesus if they don't think they have leprosy? And so often we think, listen, this is, this is us right here. Every one of us at times. There's no way Jesus can love me with how sinful and unclean I am. There's no way. 
There's no way Jesus can love me. But can I tell you? Can I tell you what pushes Jesus away? What pushes Jesus away is you trying to clean yourself up for Jesus. Can I tell you what pushes Jesus away? It's you trying to come to Jesus and say, I know that I don't have it all together, but I got a few things together. And Jesus says, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're unclean. And how often we try to come to Jesus and we got, we got our, 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 our YouTube video of all of our highlights and all the things that should impress Jesus. But the leper doesn't come to Jesus and say, man, I got a business, I've got money, I've got wealth, I'm, I'm famous. Can you heal me? He says, I'm dying. Can you heal me? And how often do we come and go, Jesus, look at my good deeds. And Jesus goes, I don't want that. That's not what I'm looking for. And maybe if we get it all together and we put together the right, the, the right resume that Jesus will love me more. No, 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 no. Jesus loves unclean sinners. That's you today. Welcome to the club. Jesus loves unclean sinners. Let us never preach another gospel. Let us never tell people, you got to get it together for Jesus. No, you don't. Jesus had it together for you. Jesus had it together for you. You know, it's crazy. I'm 41, and I've been in church for 41 years. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And you know, it's, it's the church people who think their righteousness is impressive. It's the church people. And maybe that's you this morning. We look nice. We even gave up our hour of sleep gladly to go to church. I mean, look at me. I'm here on Time Change Sunday. Maybe intoxicated on caffeine a little bit, but I'm here. And we're patting ourselves on the back. Maybe you brought a Bible. Maybe you've done the whole deal. You got your... You spent time with the Lord this morning. You think you did everything that impresses God and makes God draw near to us. But I want you to listen very closely. Listen, please do not miss what I'm about to say. It is our sin that attracts Jesus to us. Not because he likes it, but because he loves us. And he wants to free us from sin. And he does so from a place of overwhelming love and compassion. Listen very carefully. You know what's unattractive to the, most of, to the majority of us? Sin, depravity, wickedness. We, we, we hate it. But you know the truth is, Jesus hates it too. But you know what he's attracted to? People in need of a Savior. People in need of a Savior. I want to ask you today, and I'll be very careful how I say this. Do you feel spiritually dirty today? Maybe you're a Christian in here and you feel spiritually dirty, unclean. Maybe you've taken part in sin that has left you ashamed. Ashamed, full of shame. Do you feel unaccepted? Friend, listen very carefully. There is no sin that is too dirty for Jesus to cleanse. No sin. 
Bring Him your sin. Bring Him your vileness. Bring Him your addictions. Bring Him your anger. Bring Him your lust. Bring Him your pride. Jesus can and will cleanse you. The truth is your sin is destroying you like leprosy was destroying that man's body. And your sin will send you to hell unless you run to Jesus and you beseech him and you say, you can cleanse me by your blood. And I promise you the words Jesus will say is this, I I will. He never casts out anybody who comes to him for salvation. Anybody who comes to him for cleansing. By the way, that's unbeliever who comes to him for, for salvation for the first time. It's the believer who's sitting here today saying, but, but Dustin, you have no idea the sin of my life, how unclean I feel, how ashamed I am, how unaccepted, how gross I feel spiritually. Jesus says, come to me. I will never, ever ever push you away. For years, for years, I tried loving Jesus more. If you've sat in church, you probably have to. I, I, I wanted so badly to love Jesus more and people would preach on it and preach on it and preach on it and I'd sit there and feel horrible. Man, I don't love Jesus the way I should. I, I can never seem to love Jesus the way I want and I would feel so guilty and horrible about it. But you know what changed? What changed in my heart about 10 years ago was this reality. Listen very carefully. If you're here today and you go, I want to love Jesus more, listen to what I'm going to say. Here's how you can see your love for Jesus multiplied. It's when I realized this. Jesus was not repulsed by my leprosy. He wasn't repulsed by my leprosy. Jesus didn't run away from me yelling, Look at Dustin, unclean, gross, dirty, get away. Instead, Jesus reached out and he touched me. And when I see Jesus, I see somebody who gave me what I could never give myself. And he looked at me and he said, be thou clean. How in the world does my love not immediately explode to somebody who cleansed me. Quickly, I'll conclude here very quickly. I want you to see number two. And I wonder if you noticed it in the text. In his death, Jesus switched places with us. Jesus was treated like an outcast so we could be welcomed into the presence of God. Ironically, in the story, in the story, Jesus switched places with the leper. I wonder if you saw it. Jesus had been in the city. The leper had been in the desert places. What happens? Jesus cleanses him. The leper goes into the city, and Jesus has to go into the desert places. What's the picture for you and I? It's that at the cross... At the cross, Jesus went outside of the city. If you go to Israel with me sometime, you'll see Golgotha outside of the city. Jesus goes outside to bring into the presence of God all, all who have been separated from God 
by sin. That's, that's the gospel. That's substitution. We call it the substitutionary atonement of Jesus. Jesus takes our place so that we could go into fellowship with God. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at ravenswoodbaptist.org. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Ravenswood, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Chicago and around the world.